Coming to you from St. Louis, Missouri, this is the podcast for educators by educators. This is the Connected Learning Podcast, where we help educators connect with great ideas while pushing the limits of creativity and innovation. Welcome and thanks for spending your time with us. I am Glenn Barnes, your host for today's podcast. today by Chris McGee, Dr. Chris McGee, who is currently the assistant principal at Rockwood South Middle School, but is about to join the Afton School District as the executive director of academic and student services. Um, Chris is also one of the co-founders of EdCamp St. Louis, uh, which is an annual event put on by Connected Learning St. Louis, or Connected Learning STL which is an organization that he is a, a founder of. So, Chris, glad to have you with us today. Glenn, thanks for having me. Give us a little background on your desires to get into education. What, what, what led you to be a teacher first? Wow, thanks. Uh, thanks for sending me uh, down memory lane there for a moment. Uh, you know... <laughs> Uh, I actually knew I wanted to be in education um, because of a fourth grade teacher that I had. It was actually the first male teacher in elementary school that I uh, had crossed paths with. Um, And he was just such a positive, outgoing, charismatic person that uh, really inspired me to uh, look down the path of of education as a a possibility, just as uh, even the opportunity to, to work with kids and to, uh, to make a difference has always been uh, an interest and a passion of mine. Uh, and then I think in high school, um, my high school chemistry teacher took an interest in me and guided me through some, some very difficult uh, content and uh, helped me through that uh, and really kind of lit that fire of, uh, of science and, and really wanted to be a part of science. So that, that's when it solidified that, yep, uh, I am going to teach high school chemistry. That is what I'm going to do for my entire career. I'm going to coach some sports like track and football, and then that that's going to be it. That's what I want to be when I grow up. Uh, and then, uh, then I got into education and learned that there's all sorts of other things that you can do inside the profession and, uh, and also uh, advocate for teachers and make a difference. So you, you, you taught in the classroom for a period of time and then, and, and then shifted into leadership role. How, how did that take place? What, what, what drove you to go into leadership and helping teachers and change schools and improve uh, the learning that takes place in those schools? Well, I, I mean, uh, I'm going to go ahead and be vulnerable and honest uh, uh, in answering this question and, and say that I think it started out uh, honestly from a from a, um, an inferiority complex. Uh, if you know me, uh, you know my stature and the fact that I'm kind of not a, a very uh, uh, influencing and imposing gentleman when I walk into a room. Uh, and with that uh, comes a stigma and maybe a, a little bit of a... Um, a need to compensate uh, for that lack of uh, being the tall, dark and handsome guy that walks in the room. Uh, so, so knowing that uh, that was probably what first started me down the path of leadership, which uh, I will obviously tell you 
yielded very little success. Uh, it wasn't uh, until I kind of recognized that uh, I was doing kind of things and chasing after things for the wrong reason, uh, that once all the right reasons sort of got put into place and in my head and in my heart, then I think that um, sort of opportunities began to uh, reveal themselves. And uh, I was a much, uh, much better leader later in my career uh, than I was uh, kind of starting out. So I spent uh, what 13 years in the classroom before leaving the classroom to, to take leadership roles. Uh, and, and since leaving the classroom, have had a number of opportunities from uh, curriculum specialist to assistant principal to now this, uh, this new position. So one of the areas of leadership that you um, started up is Connected Learning STL. What what's the the foundation of that organization? What is that organization all about? And, and especially for you, as you talk about that desire to improve education. Yeah, I really kind of came out of um, first originally wanting to sort of solidify that uh, EdCamp conference that we had been hosting. We we ran we ran that conference uh, myself and uh, Dr. Robert Dillon. Uh, ran that conference for three years and kind of at the end of the third year we're going this is we're kind of on to something like there's something here like you know people want to come together they want to do something creative and innovative and different Uh, I I think I think we can we can do more than just this so uh, with that in mind uh, we formed the uh, the LLC and then applied for the 501c3 uh, designation and, and, and receive that designation. Uh, and then all of that with the idea that, you know, educators spend a ton of time uh, in meetings and underwhelming uh, professional learning opportunities that there's got to be a better way. There's got to be something that can be low cost, you know, maybe even free. Um, there's got to be something that, that takes the, the niche topics, the unique, interesting formats and creative ideas uh, and really tries to engage in, um, I guess, honoring the uh, professionalism of the adults and engaging them in that space. Um, you know, oftentimes when I sit in sort of the mandatory uh, professional developments, uh, they're, they're one person talking in the front, giving you content or information, and and you kind of sit there passively. And we've been really working the last three years, uh, you know, officially as an organization to uh, to make something different, to do something really innovative and creative and uh, and special. Speaking of innovation, one of the things that I'm I'm really searching for over the summer is kind of hearing other educators um, idea of what innovation is. And I know one of the things that you, ha- you, you just spoke to is, is trying to bring innovative professional learning to teachers, kind of shaking up the status quo of what is professional learning, especially in education. So what is, what is that term innovation, especially in the field of education mean to you? I've always believed that it's a deeply personal word. Um, I equated a lot in my in my eyes to religion is that, you know, everybody's version of innovation is unique. It's special. 
uh, is relevant to them. Um, and it really speaks to their own beliefs and backgrounds uh, and their values. Um, you know, what is innovation to me is going to be completely different than what is innovation to another person or even to you. Um, because we've all have, have very different backgrounds. We all have grown up and experienced and learned different things. Um, I, I very, I'm always very hesitant uh, to evaluate whether or not something is innovative um, because of the fact that I believe that it is truly a personal mission to, to find innovation for myself and, and, and honor uh, everybody else's journey uh, through, that, through that word and that concept. Yeah, beauty is definitely in the eye of the beholder, if you will, uh, when it comes to that. So, so what are some of the... Um, I guess I don't want, I don't even want to say trends, but what do you see as kind of the next wave of practice that teachers really need to keep their eye on and really spend some time getting to uh, know and maybe master a little bit better? Gosh, that there's so much out there and, um, and, and it's just so uh, you're all going to find different entry points. Everybody's going to find a different entry point to to answering that question because it just depends on what you what platform you're standing on and what uh, what's on your what which direction you're looking out over the horizon. Uh, I know that in in uh, a recent conversation I had with a colleague, it was you know what do you see as the next trend and blah 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 blah. And every time I answer that, I always end up going back to agency or autonomy that that. The ability to whether you are empowering students uh, to own their own learning and their uh, and their uh, discovery process or even their uh, authentic problem finding process or, or whether it's a teacher uh, trying to get better in their own personal way. I feel like whether we're redesigning a learning space or we're redesigning curriculum, we're always looking for ways to increase agency or autonomy, that ability to allow the educator or allow the student um, to own the process and own the learning and own the content. Uh, what we often do poorly is celebrate, uh, celebrate the successes, whether they're small uh, or massive in, in growth and learning, uh, whether it's uh, just simply you know, completing a task or doing a research or uh, recognizing where you where you've gone wrong in the past and, and where you're heading in the future is that uh, I know when I work with teachers, uh, oftentimes we we end the the year with uh, the, you know, submitting of the growth plan. We sign off on it and, and we're done uh, and we miss that opportunity to celebrate and recognize uh, the growth that has taken place. Um, the uh, completion of a, a, a year of study and a year of learning. Um, and, and I know I'm as fault uh, as everybody else with trying to get, you know, 30 plus of those done in uh, less than a month, you know, that I, I missed that opportunity to, to congratulate and celebrate the educator that went through that process or even in my classroom as I'm, you know, uh, ushering 120 students down the path of, of science. Um, I'm missing that opportunity to celebrate the growth uh, that happens at the end of a, a unit or a semester. Yeah, there's there's definitely a lot to unpack there. Um, who who would you say are some of your biggest influences with respect to your thinking as an educator? 
Hmm. Well, I, I'm struck by two uh, sort of cliche quotes uh, that um, have always continued to influence what I do is that the, the first one is, um, you know, you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Um, so with that, I, I, I really try to surround myself with people that um, are creative, they're forward thinking, uh, there are people like you that are always so in tune with what's going on and how might we um, make things better, uh, both for our kids and for our teachers. Um, and anybody who, of course, on our connected learning team that is really trying to nudge and, and you know, make uh, education in our region a better place. Um, and then the second quote is um, actually from Bob, from Dr. Dillon. Because um, in 2009, he sat across the table from me and he said, so who are the three people that do your job better than you? And you need to go out and find them and learn from them. And that was in 2009 when I found Twitter uh, and the ability to connect with people uh, around the world. Um, and, and I always make sure that I go to my professional learning network and try and uh, learn from them and recognize my own uh, shortcomings, no pun intended, no. Uh, and, <laughs> and learn from, uh, and learn from others. So I don't know that I have a list of, you know, five people or anything like that, but those two tenants of, you know, surrounding yourself with great people mm. and then recognizing you're in sort of that permanent beta phase that you're always looking out there for, uh, the experts to learn and, and, um, and get better from. It's really been my, two real big keys to, uh, to personal growth. Just a couple more questions in the time that we do have. For someone who's hearing about a connected learning event for the very first time, why should they come? What are they going to get out of it? Okay, you kind of broke up on that. Can you ask that question again? Sure. Um, for someone who's hearing about a, a connected learning event for the very first time, why should they come to one of these events? That's a good question. Um, I've always tried to design things when I'm working with, uh, with either the leader of that event uh, or um, I think about, you know, how is it going to be unique? How is it going to be different? Um, I learned a phrase uh, when I worked with uh, some leaders from Apple, um, the phrase surprise and delight. Yeah. So when you come to an event, uh, for connected learning, how what is going to surprise you, and what is going what's going to delight you about uh, that event? So I feel like we always are looking for ways to make something unique, to make something special, to always uh, ensure that every one of our events has a has a moment or two that are memorable, uh, that are our key takeaways. Um, I think it's something that we we really try to work with each other on, and and we know uh, we know what doesn't work because we've all lived it and we try to really um, swing the pendulum to the other side and, and make it unique and, and special in some way. So uh, I think that, um, you know, you're coming to a connected learning event because you want to get better uh, because you want to connect with other educators across our region. Uh, I know in our event that we just had last night that we had a, a teacher drive an hour plus to yeah. uh, attend our event. And, and that's what that, that, just is a, a word to the wise that we're doing something 
special. We're doing something unique. Uh, when people are willing to, to take that extra trek uh, to learn about a topic, to, uh, to connect with others. Cause often, oftentimes in education, we're, we're so isolated. We're, we're going to our classroom. We close the door, we do our thing. Uh, and then at the end of the day, we go home and, and, and we never get a real chance to connect with other professionals that are also living our mission. So uh, I think that our, our events are truly designed for that connection uh, first uh, and then learning of uh, a new and innovative topic uh, second. So what are some upcoming events that people can uh, look forward to attending? Gosh, um, well, I will always say check out our website, uh, www.clstl.org, um, and see what's going on. Uh, I know that uh, coming up, we've got uh, this summer a design thinking event centered around creativity and wonder. Uh, I know that we have a, uh, an ed camp specifically for um, special education uh, students and teachers and people that uh, work around uh, that population. Um, I know that uh, we have a Raspberry Pi event where people are going to be able to learn how to do some really cool coding and will even walk away that day with their very own Raspberry Pi, which is pretty cool. Uh, and that's, that's the microcomputer, not the actual Pi. Correct. Yes. Thanks for the clarification. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we're not gonna we're not gonna actually bake any pies. Although now you just gave me an idea for another event, so let's get going. There we go. But uh, tons more online. I keep uh, I added two more last night, and we'll continue to uh, to make uh, some great things available. Uh, I think we're planned to have somewhere around. Uh, last year we had seventeen professional learning opportunities, so a little over one a month. And uh, this year we've got even more. So I think we've got somewhere between nineteen and twenty. Uh, scheduled this year. So uh, there's never, never a downtime and uh, for learning. And we're always out there trying to make something special happen. Yeah, Connected Learning is a, is, is a great organization that, that really is pushing the uh, thinking of teachers and leaders. And uh, I, I'm very proud to be associated with it. And uh, I have certainly been blessed in knowing you and many other folks in the organization. So uh, thank you for joining us, uh, Chris, and uh, sharing your wisdom. And hopefully uh, folks can gain a little more insight into uh, what Connected Learning does. Thanks, Glenn. Thanks for the opportunity to uh, share my story. All right. It's Chris McGee. Thank you. Thank you, sir. It's a thrill to have Chris McGee on the program today as he is so contagious as, as a personality who is very passionate about improving teaching and learning in our schools, not only here in St. Louis, but around the United States and, and even around the world. Like he said, if you want to know more about the connected learning events that are forthcoming, you can go to clstl.org or connectedlearningstl.org. Some upcoming events include the Raspberry Pi Academy on July 17th at the Whitfield School. Again, if you're interested in programming, especially uh, working with the Raspberry Pi, you get to walk away with one. That is an opportunity for you. We also have EdCamp Leadership July 18th at Afton High School. So if you're a school leader, if you are someone who leads a, a department, uh, even district leaders, please come and uh, network there as a means of, of building up your knowledge and uh, your network of improving education. 
We also have the Design Thinking, developing a framework for creativity in the classroom. That is July 19th at the Cambridge Innovation Center in the Cortex District. Again, using the design thinking process as a problem-solving method, we're going to look at how we can uh, walk through each step of the design thinking process and utilize a framework to take existing curriculum and connect real design challenges for students to solve using the design thinking approach. So you'll gain strategies to support students through the process as they approach challenges as designers. And one more upcoming event that uh, I will share with you next month, July 20th and 21st. That is a busy week in July. We have the St. Louis Education Authors Weekend. So uh, this is one where Dr. Robert Dillon is going to lead 25 potential authors and share their stories in a upcoming book. And so um, looking at how we are changing learning in the region, and it's, it's designed to be a collection of stories that feature a diverse group of school district uh, folks in, in, in the process and, and what they are able to do. So again, if you're interested, please check out the Connected Learning website. And thank you very much. We hope to see you next time.